My name is Maggie. I am 30 years old. My name is Stan. I am 35 years old. My name is Aaron. I'm 37 years old. My name is Cece. I'm 44 years old. My name is Laura. I'm 37 years old. My name is Shannon. I'm 48 years old. My name is Trish. I'm 49 years old. I'm Ellen. I'm 41 years old. My name is Karen. I am 50 years old. My name is Kathleen. I am 60 years old. And I, I am an, an adult, adult Irish dancer. dancer. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Welcome back. So happy to have you here in the second episode of the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. My name is Jen Clark. I am your host, and we've already beaten the odds. Did you know 26% of podcasts only have one episode? So look at that. We are already doing better than a quarter of the podcasts in the world. I think that's something to celebrate. You know, as a, a former radio person, I don't think people realize how hard it is to do a podcast, and I think a lot of people start doing it and realize it's a lot of work. It is it is not, you know, a quick one and done. Like, you actually have to put work into it, and I think that's why most of them don't last. Now imagine doing this every single day for 14 years. That's what I did in radio, was plan a show, a four-hour show, a lot longer than a podcast, And uh, yeah, that was a lot harder. So maybe that's why this comes easy to me. But regardless, I'm so happy to have you here with the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. These podcasts will drop every single Friday. So you can set your watch by it. Every Friday, you're going to get a new episode of the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. And of course, uh, last week was our first one. We had Bridget Jaskolski, who is the owner of Glencastle Irish Dancers in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She was one of the first teachers in the city to have an adult class, which was just amazing. And that's how I got into Irish dance. And I was so happy to have her on the podcast. And we're going to have a guest every single week. And uh, really excited about today's guest. Her name is Cassidy. She's an adult Irish dancer for Walsh Kelly in North Carolina. So we're going to be talking to her in just a few minutes. But one of the things I wanted to do on this podcast, along with having a weekly guest, was to talk about some of the concerns we have as adult Irish dancers, because our problems are very different than younger Irish dancers. Some of the topics will be a little more serious than others. I know we got some requests to talk about transgender Irish dancers, which I I absolutely would love to talk about because um, I think it's really important that we include everybody in Irish dance. Inclusive should be our main goal. So we'll be talking about that on a future episode. Um, We'll be doing interviews about that. Really excited about it. But for the first topic we're going to tackle here, kind of light and bright, but tights versus socks. I feel like this has been a, uh, a point of discussion for a couple of decades now. I mean, I remember this being an issue when I started Irish dancing as an adult in 2003, and the topic of tights versus socks came up, and I didn't realize it was such a point of contention for Irish dancers. And this was back when the internet was pretty new as far as, you know, you could, it was more than just email and stuff like that. But, you know, there were message boards where people would argue about it day and night. So uh, I went to the adult Irish dancers, bet your mammy can't do this Facebook page. I encourage you to join it. It's a great Facebook page for adult Irish dancers. But I said, hey, you know, what do you think? Tights versus socks for adult Irish dancers. Jen says, I think tights are an equalizer, especially For adults, I think Irish dance is more body positive than other dance forms, and I appreciate the effort that comes into having well-muscled legs. But there are some of us who are not as fit or whose legs are wobbly, and tights allow us to be less concerned about how we look 
and a short skirt. She also mentions tattoos. She has some tattoos on her legs, and she said no amount of fake tanner will cover that tattoo or my varicose veins. So for her, tights is the option. Um, But she did say that she thinks that the commission is trying not to be discriminatory by telling dancers that they can or cannot wear tights. That's tough. I'm a big believer in what Jen said here. She said they just make one rule for all. I think that's a good idea. Grace says, as someone who has never and will never have a thigh gap, tights for me. (laughs) Um, Now, Kara says, personally, I prefer socks. I think the tights restrict movement too much, and I hate the way they feel in general. She also talks about being way too hot when she has her solo dress on with tights, and I I can attest to that. I mean, solo dresses have never been made for um, hot weather, (laughs) and uh, I think we all know that. Really, I've never danced in an Irish dance dress, whether it be a leotard or a solo dress or a school costume um, that has had good airflow. So I think that will continue to be a problem with Irish dance dresses. Allie says, personally, I hate tights. I'm considering switching to pants. I feel way too exposed in socks. That being said, I don't wear dresses or skirts for normal life unless it's a special occasion. I feel naked in them. So wearing a dress, uncomfortable tights, and having horrible nerves, I feel even more out of comfort level wearing a dress to compete. I'm glad Allie brought that up because that's definitely, I want to bring that up on another podcast as a topic by itself. But female dancers in pants and vests, I'm seeing it more and more now and I love it. And we will tackle that on another podcast. So thank you to Allie for bringing that up. Kat says, what if tights were required for competition, but schools loosen the rules regarding tights for performances? Just a thought. She says, I'm fine with tights. I understand the rules and culture of Irish dance, but I also don't mind my legs and We'll be happy to show them if it was allowed. Mary says, I prefer socks, but I think my bigger thighs with stretch marks won't be too pretty without. Aaron says, I wear tights because genetics gifted me with thighs and the tights give my leg a cleaner line. It is a pain sometimes, though, because with black shoes, black tights, oftentimes a black floor and a black backdrop, I wonder what the judges can really see. And that's definitely an issue I've seen now that the digital fesh revolution has come into play when I film my Irish dance dancers in our studio, they just kind of disappear uh, along with a black backdrop. They have black and green dresses and a black floor. Now, um, some of my dancers wear tights, others wear socks. The ones who wear socks, obviously, it pops out a bit more. Personally, I don't allow my dancers to slather on the fake tanner. And if they're going to do that, they need to do it head to toe because I'm just not a fan of how it looks with just the legs being tan and then your face and your hands are a totally different shade of skin. But um, yeah, I I've noticed that uh, my dancers definitely pop more with the socks in that particular setting. Krista said, when I was an adult dancer and was not required, but very strongly encouraged to wear tights, I really pushed back against it. However, now it's my choice. I've started wearing tights again because I like the clean lines. Judith says, I prefer socks. When I wear tights, I'm always having to pull them up. They make my crotch sweat. They are binding in the way. Some judges prefer adults to wear black tights. I believe the thinking may be that the socks are childish looking, which is something I've always kind of wondered if, if that was the actual reason for adults not wearing socks. Sarah says, one of the reasons I dropped down which I'm assuming she means drop down in levels instead of competing in adults. She's competing in the and overs. Was hating how skinny and lanky my legs look in tights. I feel at 27 years old, it was silly to have to hide my legs. Vicky says, I'm used to tights now since that's required. Personally, I like how they help elongate dancers' legs. 
Cat, I think, says something that just encompasses the entire issue of socks and tights. She says, just give us the ability to choose. If I can hold a mortgage, I can make my own decision on socks or tights. She said, if I'm more confident in tights or forget to shave, that's my decision. If I want a solo dress that looks best with socks or want my legs to be bare, let me decide. And I have to give Cat here just a hundred million thank yous for that because I think that really is the bottom line is that we should be able to choose. And I don't think it makes you look either one way or the other if you are competing against an adult dancer who's wearing socks and you're wearing tights. It's never been something I've noticed. So I guess I've never understood why it was such a point of contention for adults in Irish dance. And I, I know it still is, but I think we just live in such a body positive time right now, which is wonderful. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm 38 and I wish so badly that this body positivity was around when I was a kid. You know, we were just very much brought up in the world of you have to look like this or you're not an acceptable woman. That's just how it was when we were growing up in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. And now the focus has switched to just be yourself, be who you are, be who you're comfortable being. And I think that directly applies to the tights versus socks argument for adult Irish dancers. You want to wear tights, wear tights. You want to wear socks, wear socks. I'm actually surprised that here we are in 2021 and we're still debating about this. When we were debating about it 20 years ago, you would think it would be done by now. So thank you so much to everybody who chimed in on that. Um, We're going to do this every single week. So if you want to chime in, please join the Adult Irish Dancers Bet Your Mammy Can't Do This Facebook page because that's where I'm going to be asking questions. Um, And I would love it too if you would join the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast Facebook page because I'll be asking on there too. You know, the Adult Irish Dancers Bet Your Mammy Can't Do This page has way more members on it and it's been around longer. So, um, you know, until I build up my own Facebook page, here I'm pulling back the fourth wall, until I build up my own Facebook page, I'd love it if you would chime in on there. And big thanks to the organizers and um, the admins of this Facebook page because this has been a great place for adult Irish dancers to go and converse and talk and ask questions. I mean, it is such an amazing community to be part of and I'm so happy to be part of it. I'm so happy to be here on the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. So stay tuned. We are going to be right back with this week's guest. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. Welcome back to the second episode of the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. My name is Jen Clark. I am so happy to be here with Cassidy today. Cassidy dances for Walsh Kelly in North Carolina. Cassidy, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. And you said you're on spring break right now, so you've got like all the free time in the world? Yes, absolutely. I work for the school system. We're on spring break. I'm loving it. Love it. Oh, that's so great. I love that you work in education. That's wonderful. Um, So give us a little bit of background on yourself. Um, How old are you? How long have you been an Irish dancer? Did you Irish dance when you were a kid? All that good stuff. All right. So my background, so my, as you said, my name's Cassidy. I'm 25 years old. Um, I grew up Irish dancing. I started when I was eight and danced until I was about 15 or 16 or so and had knee surgery and was told I wasn't going to be able to do Irish dance for a while. Um, so when I turned 18, I tried, you know, whole fitness, yoga, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, and then eventually I had a spinal injury. Oh my gosh. And so a couple of years ago, my doctor recommended that I go back to Irish dancing, which I was so excited 
before because that is where my heart always has been. Um, and I always had a passion for competition growing up. You know, growing up, um, I was only allowed to compete about once a year or so, maybe twice if I was really lucky. And so now as an adult, I get to compete uh, all that I want to, which is really exciting. Um, but besides Irish dance, I work as a sign language interpreter in the school system here in North Carolina. And I play with my dog. And that's about it. <laughs> First of all, let me just say, I love it that you're a sign language interpreter because it's something I've wanted to learn ASL for so long. And every time I start, I absolutely fall off the wagon. So I love that you do that. It's amazing. I love watching. It's just mesmerizing to me watching people do that. Um, second of all, I also have a dog that I love to play with. So uh, kudos to another dog person. Um, my question that I was thinking when you were talking, what was the logic behind having a spinal injury and actually returning to Irish dance because somebody says I had a spinal injury the last thing you would think is they should Irish dance so what was the logic behind that like how would it actually help you because I did pull fitness on and off for a few years it was a lot of bending and flexing um so that was starting to irritate the spinal injury and my doctor figured that by going to a sport that involved practically no bending of the spine that might be okay. Besides, I was on the road to recovery already. I mean, it probably hasn't helped it, but, you know, I'm recovered enough that it doesn't exacerbate it at all. Sure. Um, and I was far enough away from knee surgery that it, I was finally at a place where my knee was no longer hurting, and I oh, was so happy to get back. That's so, so great. You know, I'm 38. So I'm thinking back to when I was 25. And I, that was really, yeah, I know it's, it really, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was, but that was such a great time to compete. And like you said, you love to compete. So uh, what level are you at? And how often do you compete? And what are your competition goals? So I started out when so when I stopped when I was a kid, I was at that funky novice prize winner straddle. Yeah. So when I started back, I just started at all novice and began to work my way up. So my school, um, I've been sort of I, I don't want to say paving the way because that sounds big headed. But uh, I'm the first adult in my school to compete. And so I use the rules that I grew up with um, moving up through the levels. I found adult is sort of its own its own thing when it comes to competition. So currently I compete at adult champion, which I have found is the perfect place for me. And I did my first Rockas back in December. That's awesome. Um, but um, so I think now my competition goal is uh, you probably have heard we have nationals for the first time, adult nationals. So I'll be going to adult nationals. And so I would say my main goals now are to get better marks in the competitions, the small fetches that I do, and to continuously do better at Arakas and I guess nationals now. That's very exciting. Congratulations. That's awesome. And I guess my next question would be, what is it? And I say this because when I was 25 and competing, it was still very early in on adults competing. And there might have been one or two other adults, if you were lucky. And there was that weird crossover with, do you want to be an adult or do you want to be an Andovers and you can't go between the two? What is it like Mm -hmm. competing now with adults? Because so much has changed since I started competing with adults. I mean, how many adults are usually in your competitions? Um, What do adults wear? Like, what is the adult world of CLRG competitions like now in 2021? So I... 
it's fantastic personally. Um, I mean, I thought it was fun competing as a kid. It's extra fun now competing as an adult. I have found that the people that I compete with are always super fun. It's everywhere I go. Um, it's like a, a whole new like little group of friends that we compete with. Now that I compete as an adult champion, we tend to wear solo dresses. Occasionally you'll see um, a blackout outfit or skirt and top of some sort. But um, there's more solo dresses now than when I was competing in the grades as an adult. As a champion, I've had, it's on the registry, not registry, the roster, it would say eight, but usually about like six or so would show up. Um, I There were fewer in the grades than there were in champion. In grades, it would be, if I was lucky, there would be five, more like three or so. But now it, it, tends, it tends to be five or six or so um for rosters i looked at the numbers for previous years and it looked like typically there was between 50 and 60 but this year we had 11 sign up and then eight show up day of. Um, wow. but that was due to covid what has the world of CLRG been like during COVID? Because my dancers are open platform and mainly dance at WIDA fetches. And I know that the open platform world was kind of ahead of the curve on the digital fetches. Like there were digital fetches before there was COVID. And I know that CLRG was not quite as quick to pick up on that. As, as the other open platform competitions were. Have you done any digital competitions with CLRG? Or I know a few of them have tried to do them in person. What has that been like? So I've only done in-person fetches. I actually saw registration for an online fetch a couple of weeks ago, but they didn't offer an adult competition. But if I'm not mistaken, I think that's about to change for the Southern region okay. starting May 1st, but I have to read up on that again. Um, so I started going back to competition in the early fall. I figured I would do one, and if it was well run, I would continue. Um, so what generally seems to happen is now you're allowed to bring one person with you. They'll give you a wristband that corresponds with the color of your ballroom, and everyone, they have little squares marked out in tape, and you and your person get to sit in your chair, and then when it's time for you to compete, you line up six feet apart, you're wearing your mask, they give you a bag and the stage is split in half. You walk on to one half, somebody else is on the other half. You take your mask off, put it in the bag, set it down, do your dance, pick up your mask, put it back on and walk off stage. That's pretty I'm thorough. So fantastically well run. Yeah, no, that's that sounds really well run and, and, and very thorough and very careful. And, and I love that. One of the things we're talking about on this episode of the podcast is uh, probably one of the most basic questions for adult Irish dancers, which is tights or socks. What do you prefer? Oh, my goodness. So I'm on the fence. And I think a lot of people are on the same page. On the plus side, tights, you know, I'm an adult who has leg tattoos, and I prefer the judges to be looking at my footwork and not my strawberry tattoos that I have all <laughs> over my legs. Um, and then, obviously, I'm not quite as tight as I was when I was uh, 11, 12, 13, and I feel like it keeps everything in. Um, but on the other hand, I think we're at a disadvantage when we wear tights because I don't know about everyone else, but I practice in poodle socks. And I always have. And for like, I'm breaking in new hard shoes now, but the hard shoes I was wearing, I'd had since I was 14. And they, you know, they fit my poodle socks. And so it has been 
quite a journey trying to find ways to get my tights to fit properly. Yeah. Um, in my shoes, because now all my shoes feel too big. I know. I just bought um, elastics for the first time in years because I just feel like my feet are slipping around in my hard shoes. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 tights or socks is such a loaded question for adult Irish dancers, and I, I think it's so funny. And um, I hate to break it to you, but you'll never be that tight as you were when you were 11 or 12 again, so just get used <laughs> to it. <laughs> I look at my pictures now from when I was like 13, and I'm like, man, if I only knew back then what I know now <laughs> at 38, I wish... I wish I knew how to sew because I love solo dresses and I love how people put their, their personal touch on them. Now, adult solo dresses can be harder to find if you don't have them made from scratch. Did you buy yours used or did you have yours made from scratch? And, and what does it look like? And we'll, we'll have a picture of it at adultirishdancepodcast.com. Ooh, okay. So this was my solo dress journey. When I first started competing again, I was like, oh, I don't need that solo dress I'm just gonna wear a leotard and a skirt it's fine oh and then I went to my first session I was like ah you know what I I need a solo dress <laughs> um so I went on the hunt on one of those Facebook pages and all I did was and that's another thing about is I feel like I can't have a dress that doesn't have black in it so I went on one of those I posted my measurements um, I got really lucky because I had a budget and the person I bought mine from came home, came down in price a couple hundred dollars. Oh, that's nice. His mom like worked for UPS and was able to ship it. Oh, that's at, great. Like, no cost. <laughs> I, know, I know that Irish dance guys were smiling on me that day. Did you have choices um, or were you kind of relegated to just a, a couple of dresses to pick from? Shockingly, I had choices, but I do dance with a not in my school, but I compete with a woman who had hers made completely new. It's stylish, it's hip, um, and she paid less than a grand for it. So so it's doable. Yeah, and you know, I've only had one solo dress made for myself. It was about um, 10 years ago, and it was from a website called The Velvet Castle, and I'm not sure if she's doing it anymore, and I know Velvet kind of went in and out with styles, but um, same thing. I, I gave her my budget. I said I have 500 bucks, and she made me the greatest dress, and I just sold it to another adult who is now going to update it to be a little more um, modern. You know, she's going to take the sleeves off and the collar off, and I'm excited to see what she does with it. But I think that's another reason adult Irish dancers stick together so hard is because adult Irish dance dresses can be hard to find. And like you said, you know, either you've got choices or you don't. I'm six feet tall, so I rarely have choices. Like, the the measurements might be right, but, like, it'll be too short on me. So, that unfortunately... Right. That's that's the toughest part for me. I'm like, that would fit, except my butt would be hanging out. So that's not going to work. Um, but that's awesome. And what is the adult program like at Walsh Kelly at your school? It's pretty good. It's, so I think that, so I grew up dancing for Inish Carde, which is more of an adult competitive program. And so I kind of knew what their program was like. And Walsh Kelly's program was a little bit different because they didn't have any adults competing it was more of a we do this for fun sort of thing you know my teacher is super flexible and she's like yep go out do what you need to do I'm here I'll support you so we have one adult class a week but typically before competitions I'll go to the I'll I'll call it the kids class basically sure they'll do a couple classes a week um yeah and we're we were going to have a, see if we could take a forehand to a rock this, this year, but, um, Fun. you know, yeah. I'm so sorry you didn't get to do that. So many dancers have missed so much in the last year. Oh, 
one day, I, yeah, we're all in this together, though. So I know everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that's super comforting, at least for me, about the pandemic is that we are all going through the same thing, just in, you know, different levels of it. But, you know, it's, it's not like just one dancer missed nationals, you know, everybody missed nationals. And like you said, everybody right. missed a rock dance. And, and like, that's, it's comforting because then we all have the goal to get back to it together. And it's, it's a nice group effort, which I really love. Um, my final question for you, Cassidy, is what do you find being, the best thing about being an adult Irish dancer and the hardest thing about being an adult Irish dancer? Oh, that's a really good question. I would say the best thing is the camaraderie. I remember my very first bash back as an adult, I think I was 23, 22, something like that. So I remember I was dancing with a woman and we got off stage and it was her first bash ever. She hadn't even danced growing up. She was like, I'm just so happy I didn't pee myself on stage. And she was just having... <laughs> A grand time. <laughs> it's so, so nice that we can be open with each other about that kind of stuff because, you know, not talking about it, you kind of take it all on yourself and you feel like you're the only one with that problem. And when you start, you know, and, and you're right, like I love talking to my other competitors. I'm friends with a lot of them. You know, like you said, you see each other at different feshes and it's fun to watch mm-hmm. each other move up. And I definitely don't feel um, the animosity that there was when I was younger, a younger dancer, um, it was, and that not so much animosity because Irish dance is one big family all over the world, but right. you, you know, there Intensity. is, yeah, exactly. And, and I love that that doesn't really exist in the adult world. Like we're all friends, we're all rooting for each other. So on that note, what do you think is the hardest thing about being an adult Irish dancer? I would say the hardest thing is that I feel like we tend to get forgotten. The fact that this is the first time that we're having an adult nationals or that I have to search and search and search to find a fesh that has adults competing. Yep. Um, I think we tend to get forgotten in the Irish dance world. And even if we are remembered, we aren't taken that seriously. Yeah. I, I think that's difficult. But again, the fact that we all sort of band together and we all kind of, oh, that, and nobody tells you, nobody told me when I was younger, how quickly your body just falls apart. <laughs> You just break on you. <laughs> it does stink. I mean, your your mind is in one place and your body is in a different place. And like it, the two do not always agree. And that is, and I hate to say it because you're 25 and I wish I was a 25-year-old dancer again. It doesn't get better. So you just have to kind of, I'm glad you're making your peace with it now because I'm 30, I'm 38 and I just made my peace with it. Like this whole time, I'm like, why can't I dance? Like I was 21 and you know, it, yeah. that's, it's so, it, it's so tough and you're right. Nobody tells you that it just kind of happens and especially you know like you said you're dancing after injuries um I broke my ankle in December of 2019 and it was devastating and I was so upset about and what had nothing to do with dance but of course I'm like well this affects dance you know inevitably and my my hardest um, part of the recovery was just accepting how long it was going to take because I was out of the walking boot and I think three months, but you know, to this day, I, here we are a year later and my ankle still hurts every single day in that one place. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a crummy reminder that, you know, we got to take care of ourselves and, you know, we have to listen to our bodies. And if our bodies are telling us that we're doing something we shouldn't be, you know, improvise. It doesn't mean you got to quit. But, yeah, like you said, it's it's definitely stinks when your head is telling you you can do it and then your legs are like, no, you can't. <laughs> right. I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I have something to prove 
hypothyroid cancer because I feel like we get lost. I feel like I'm you know, kind of a, a big fish in a small pond and yeah. that I, I should be doing my best 100% of the time. But, you know, we are a little bit older and have to calm down sometimes. It's, it's tough. And like you said, we do feel like we have something to prove that we can get out there and we can do it. And, you know, it stinks that it's taken so long for some of the organizations to get on top of adult Irish dance and realize, you know, they can make money off it. They have people who want to do it. They have people who will travel to do it. And, you know, like I said, I never would have thought when I started dancing as an adult, you know, almost 20 years ago that we would still be in a place in 2021 where we're talking about how Irish dancers are just now being recognized. But I think what you're doing is great, and I'm so glad that you're a champion of it and that you are going for it. This is what I love. I love the camaraderie because I feel the same way. I feel, And it's not necessarily something to prove to everybody else, but you want to prove it to yourself, and that can be even harder right. sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally following the dreams that I had as a child. When yeah. I, I remember I was 10, and my dream was just go to Arakta's, not even win anything, but just go just to Arakta's, and it was so nice at 25 to finally have achieved that. That's awesome. Cassidy, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast today. Um, I, I love that you're following your dream. You're never, and it, you, you got to follow your dream because otherwise you'll spend the rest of your life saying what if, and you're not doing that. You're going for it. And whether you're 25 or 45, you can go for it. And thank you so much for being on this podcast. And thank you so much for being an adult Irish dancer and going after it. And I hope to see you at competition sometime soon, although I'm sure you would wipe the floor with me. But that's okay because, uh, you know, camaraderie. It's okay. <laughs> so thank you We're so much. We're all in this together. We are all in this together. Thank you so much, Cassidy. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. A huge thank you to everybody who has tuned in for this episode. Uh, Another episode will be coming at you next Friday, April 16th. And, of course, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Uh, I know somebody said the Spotify work is a little wonky right now. I'm working on getting that fixed. But I'm going to make sure we're added to all of the major streaming platforms. We will end up on Stitcher and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, it's a work in progress, and I'm so happy you're here with me on this journey. Thank you again for being part of the second episode of the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. My name is Jen Clark, and I'll talk to you next week. My name is Caitlin. I'm 31 31- years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Chris. I'm 45 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I'm Erica. I'm 30 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. Hi, my name's Patty. I'm 56 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Marcel. I am 47 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Grace. I'm 28 years old and I'm an adult Irish step dancer. My name is Eva. I'm 38 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I am Rachel. I'm 35 years old and I am an adult Irish dancer. Check us out online and connect with us at adultirishdancepodcast.com.